Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The government's commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion sounds great on paper, but in reality, it's identity politics, which is discriminatory and bad for Canada. I'm Jasmine Moulton, and it's time for another episode of Reality Check. Every week on Reality Check, we take on one leftist argument, and this week we're taking on affirmative action. Now, leftists claim that the point of affirmative action is to redress historical inequities. But in reality, affirmative action just perpetuates discrimination and it undermines the credibility of the groups that it purports to help. But first things first, if you like the show, please share it so that other people can also discover it, like the show or share on social media. If you think that the work that we do here at TNC is important, then you can consider donating to support that work at donate.tnc.news. Also, if you have a topic that you'd like Reality Check to cover, a leftist myth that you think we should debunk, please leave it below in the comments and I'll be sure I read them every week. So please let me know what you think we should tackle next. Back to this week's show. Here are some examples of affirmative action or equity or identity politics, whatever you want to call it, in action in Canada. Take a listen. I understand one of the priorities for you was to have a cabinet that was gender balanced. Why was that so important to you? Because it's 2015. <laughs> a few months ago, I was at the World Economic Forum, and amidst a sea of political and business leaders, I issued a challenge. I asked each and every one of those leaders to make a conscious effort to hire, promote, and retain more women. For every dollar of hourly wages a man working full-time earns in Canada, a woman working full-time earns about 88 cents. Canada ranks 15th out of 29 OECD countries based on the hourly gender wage gap. This disparity persists despite the fact that pay equity is a human right entrenched in law. So today we're taking another step forward to reduce barriers and address that. This morning, I can announce that the Government of Canada, in partnership with Canadian banks, is investing nearly $221 million to launch Canada's... Now, a few notes on those clips in case you're listening to the podcast version of this show. Back where the Prime Minister says, because it's 2015, you can actually see Jody Wilson-Raybould in the back smiling as Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says this. Now, recall she was the Attorney General of Canada until Trudeau kicked her out of caucus along with her colleague, Jane Philpott over his government's SNC-Lavalin scandal. 
Next, if you were just listening to the show instead of watching the YouTube video, you might not have seen, but that was Prime Minister Justin Trudeau there taking the knee during a Black Lives Matter protest back in Ottawa. Now recall these protests were against systemic racism, which means that the head of that apparently racist system, Justin Trudeau, is taking a knee to protest the system. It's like, dude, you're the leader. You're also the only known Canadian prime minister with a pension for blackface. But of course that didn't stop him from funding for black entrepreneurs or female entrepreneurs as well, amongst a myriad of other announcements for identity politics related policies. As I said at the beginning of this show, diversity, equity, and inclusion all sound really great on paper, and you'd have to be some sort of monster to object to any of these things. But on today's show, we're going to go through each of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and talk about how even though they're really nice sounding ideas, in reality, they've been disastrous and even harmful or insulting policies in Canada. So let's start with the first one, diversity. Now there is merit to this idea of diversity. If you think of the financial world, for example, in your financial portfolio, it's a good idea, generally speaking, to be diversified because if you're invested in different areas, for example, those stocks could react differently to the same event, therefore balancing risk and helping you to achieve your long-term financial goals. This of course is not financial advice, but it is an analogy to say that while in the financial world, diversity is a good thing, it is generally a good principle to abide by. So while it's true that the principle of diversity is good, the government's definition of diversity is only skin deep, which of course is very superficial. According to the government's Employment Equity Act, there are four designated groups recognized under the act. First, women, then Aboriginal peoples, persons with disabilities, and also visible minorities. So as the theory goes, the government thinks that these groups are discriminated against and they come up with affirmative action policies and programs to try to redress that discrimination. One example of such policies, of course, would be gender balancing the cabinet. So as just a quick explainer for those who might not be familiar, in Canada, the prime minister actually chooses his or her own cabinet. So he or she will assign ministers to head certain ministries, such as the Minister of Finance, for example, or Defense. Those are all appointed by the Prime Minister of Canada. As you heard in the opening clip, Trudeau made a commitment to gender balance the cabinet, meaning appoint approximately half of all cabinet ministers as women. And this is apparently necessary because of the year, which at the time was 2015. Unsurprisingly, there are a lot of issues with that. And let's start with number one, it's logically inconsistent. The very first question that needs to be asked of this government is, are women different than men? Because the fact that they say a gender balanced cabinet is required would imply that yes, women are different from men because if 50% of cabinet must be women, clearly they bring something different to the table. They're different than men. But at the same time, this government talks so constantly and frequently about the gendered wage gap in this country, which would imply that women are in fact not different than men. They're saying men and women do the same jobs, make the same choices, yet they're being paid differently. So which is it? Are men and women the same or are they different? Famed psychologist Dr. Jordan Peterson has elaborated often on the psychological difference between men and women with respect to personality traits. 
He explains how average differences in personality traits between men and women can actually lead to vastly different choices in terms of career, for example. This is just one factor of many that can help account for and explain the wage gap. Now, the wage gap really does deserve its own dedicated show because it's such a complicated issue and one that left us really reduced down to discrimination. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the point is that a disparity between average pay, for example, between two genders, disparity is not evidence of discrimination. You really do need to identify tangible discrimination in society and fight it at its source, not just simply state that two things are different, therefore discrimination must have taken place. The second problem with the left's approach to diversity is that, of course, it doesn't mean diversity of thought, which would actually be beneficial. It refers more to diversity of skin color or genitalia. And the Jody Wilson-Raybould case exposed just how superficial the government's notion of diversity is. So you can really start to see how absurd this is, that it's diversity to the left isn't about having a different opinion and finding maybe some common ground or a new approach. It really is about all having the same opinion, but looking different when you express it. This notion of diversity would be like having a financial portfolio of all airline stocks, but saying, hey, I'm diversified because all of the logos look different. So just as it's really stupid and superficial to say a financial portfolio would be diversified because you have companies that have a lot of different looking logos, it is equally as stupid to say that your cabinet is diversified because you have different looking people. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If they all act and think the same, it's not diversity. Another problem with this superficial form of diversity is that it doesn't actually fix the root causes. If you're going to have a gender balanced cabinet, you're gonna put 50% women in cabinet positions and 50% men, that does nothing for women facing actual discrimination. Now, this is a funny one because this is where the left actually starts to believe in trickle down. Of course, they always criticize that argument on the right side of the aisle, but they say, no, there will be trickle down effects. If you have female cabinet ministers, their policies and lived experience will somehow translate and trickle down to women actually facing discrimination because they'll change policies, et cetera, et cetera. But again, this kind of diversity is not about diversity of thought. As we saw with Jody Wilson-Raybould, you're really not allowed to disagree. And the issue with fighting systemic discrimination is that it's unclear how to actually tackle that when it's this nebulous concept. You actually have to pinpoint where is the discrimination happening and use the law to address it head on. So when the government focuses on disparities instead of actual acts of discrimination, you're not changing anything. Really, the government's just trying to play its hand to reshape society according to its own ideological vision. And the final problem with the government's definition of diversity is that they focus on these four designated groups that we mentioned. And of course, there's a lot of diversity within those groups. That really is the problem with identity politics or affirmative action. It doesn't look at individuals, which of course, vary greatly by categories as broad as women. There are a lot of advantaged women in our society and some disadvantaged women. So it really is problematic that the government talks about diversity 
when it's not talking about individuals, it talks about their group identity. And in reality, it's some of the most privileged within these four designated categories that the government has called disadvantaged that are best poised to take advantage of the affirmative action policies of the government. Since these policies are being targeted based on group identity, not on the basis of being disadvantaged. And ultimately, it's really problematic to treat members of a broad group as all the same because actually they're quite different. All right, so that's the issue with the government's take on quote unquote diversity. So let's move on from diversity now to equity. Now, leftists claim that affirmative action policies are really about equity or putting everybody on the same playing field. Now, anytime you talk about equity, you've probably seen this graphic. For those of you who are not watching the show, you're listening, this is the graphic of the three people standing at the baseball game. Each are standing on a box, and when they all have one box, which is equality. Only two of them are tall enough to see over the fence into the baseball game. But when the tallest person gives his box to the shortest, so now he has zero boxes, the middle person is one, the person on the right has two, they're all now tall enough to look over the fence into the baseball game. And this of course is defined as equity, which means people are treated differently to be put on the same playing field. Now this graphic and the statement that it makes about equity are incredibly flawed. And it's kind of funny that this part is lost on the left, that obviously if everybody just skipped the line and instead of buying a ticket, watched a baseball game over a fence, then there would be no ticket sale revenue to pay the players and therefore no baseball game to watch. But I digress. But what this graphic really fails to capture is that people are different. And what do I mean by that? This graphic implies that if you put everyone on the same playing fields, then you'll have equity. People will all be the same. But as any sibling can tell you, even people that are raised from the identical starting point, they're in the same socioeconomic situation because they both have the same parents, they're in the same family, they're in the exact same setting, may go on to do very different things and earn very different amounts of money because of individual differences and also choices. So it's obviously not even possible that the government could create this sort of equity or equality amongst all people because people are not equal. They're all very different. So while most would agree that we should care for the most vulnerable in society, most would not agree with this communist ideal of equity, which is undesirable at best and deadly at worst. Okay, so we've gone through the problems with the government's definition of diversity and equity. Let's get to inclusion. The funny thing about the government's definition of inclusion is that it's actually quite discriminatory. I think we could all agree that hiring should be done based on merit, but when the government is saying that they're going to give hiring preference to people within its four designated groups and under the Employment Equity Act, then necessarily you're discriminating against the people in Canada outside of those groups. And the problem with hiring based on immutable characteristics or group identity, as opposed to merit and letting merit alone be your only hiring principle, is that it actually really lessens the achievement and even self-esteem of the people that you're hiring. Being appointed to a position because your employer is trying to meet a certain quota would make you feel like a token. It would really reek of tokenism. And whether that's real or perceived, perhaps you really deserve the position. Of course, it would serve to lower your self-esteem and make you feel like you're only appointed to that position because of an immutable characteristic, not because you deserve it. 
And of course, when the government creates programs for specific groups, such as women or visible minorities, it sends the message that the government thinks they're inferior because obviously the government thinks that they need extra help. This of course is incredibly insulting. So to conclude, the government's version of inclusion does not include disadvantaged people like it purports to. What it really does is tokenizes them and insults them by implying that somehow they're lesser and need the extra help. So here's a reality check. The government's diversity, equity, and inclusion policies are harmful and insulting. People are different, and that's a good thing. The government should treat people as individuals and reward merit instead of playing the discriminatory game of identity politics. That's our show for this week. Thanks so much for watching. I'm Jasmine Moulton, and don't forget to tune in next week, every Monday, to the next episode of Reality Check.